presentation by Data for Gone Capital Management LLC is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of, or as a substitute for, personalized investment advice from Taylor Fagon or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of Taylor Fragon's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.taylorfragon.com. Welcome once again to the Long Only Podcast, number 70. I'm Doug. I am Jerry. Jerry, how's it going? Excellent. Is it? And getting better. All right. So, Jerry, we're going with headlines. New feature. Well, we've done it before. We have? Yeah. Okay, but we're going to make it a regular. Headline commentary. Headlines of the day. All right. Headlines. You realize this is far from evergreen content. Far from what? Evergreen content. Well, no, it's a comment. We will, headline of the day, we'll comment on it. I know, but I'm saying it's not, this is, it's, it's very time oriented in terms of. Well, okay. I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. I forgot evergreen. You're speaking some sort of like stand-up comedian talk or something. Evergreen? Evergreen. So it's always green. I it's get it. digital media content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very I'm tech not, savvy. I'm not one of those. My MySpace account is very well visited. Matter. Well, we're, we, everybody, we try and do these things weekly. And, you know, so we're doing it on Friday, September 15th. All right. So you're not, <laughs> in case there's a, there's a delay. But I, I assure you, the principles and the thought behind our criticism of these headlines is timeless. Of course. That's why it's, it's a, but it'll be a regular feature. We'll do this like every three or four times. All right. Well, Jerry, first headline. Well, this is, this is the elephant in the room today. And that is uh, directly from virtually any major news outlet is Detroit automakers and the UAW will spend a strike first day in war of words. So the strike has happened. Okay. UAW. Um, and where did first I- thoughts? Where did I go to high school? Auto strike. Detroit. Exactly. Detroit Catholic Central. Very, very good. So I'm practically an expert. So you know you know the insanity of this. I have some things to say about it, but you go first since it was my headline. But no, I want, you, I want to hear what you no, want to no, say. No, no, I want to hear what you want to say. Well, I don't. all I have to say is unions in this day and age are kind of worthless. But anyway, go ahead. When? Well, okay. I was going to say when were, weren't they, at least in the last 50 years. I mean, for sure there was a time where they were definitely needed, and, and I, I get that, and then all the child labor stuff and yada, yada, yada. But I have a real issue on this one because, you know, we talk about the problems in flyover country and the Rust Belt and what, you know, shipping all the jobs overseas to China did. I'm queuing up our country by John Mellencamp as we speak. And I I will say that I I think before before we're pointing the finger at companies who outsource to China or wherever – we have to point the finger at unions that have made consistently insane demands, particularly on the auto industry. So what are these guys looking for? Something like 46% increase in wages over the next five years. Um, and I think I, I, I think I had heard that maybe they lowered that in the last couple of days to 35% where the, the companies were at something like 15. Um, now, granted, we're in an inflationary environment. Thank you, U.S. government, for spending insane amounts of money for, for really no good reason. Um, so I get that. But it's not as if the United Auto Worker was suffering under the weight of, you know, uh, you know having to 
you know, to, to absorb puny wages. I mean, I, I don't know what these guys are at right now, but it's, 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 it's an hourly wage basis. It's pretty darn rich. And more than that, I mean, Cadillac health plans and, you know, the whole nine yards. And I mean, you know, so I think the unions um, and by the way, there's not a lot of private unions, private industry unions left. UAW is certainly one of them. Um, the most detrimental unions are the public employees unions, which are actually I, I question how they're even constitutional. It's it's talk about self-dealing. <laughs> When you're when you're when you're a union employee for the government, I mean, you're pretty much negotiating with yourself, I think. But in any event, um, but U.S. auto workers, on average, what do you think they earn per hour? Fifty. It's actually no, much lower than that. Twenty-eight. No, I don't buy that. You don't buy that. I don't buy that. When the CBS News says, when does CBS News lie to us? Well, I, I don't think it's $28 an hour. I could be wrong. But there's lots of ways. So. But there's there's all kinds of benefits that go along with that. I would, I'd be curious to know if that's just a, like a cash wage, like cash payments and not inclusive of benefits. Their benefits are, are pretty significant. How much do you think Ford CEO Jim Farley earned last year? You know, well, their, their stock hasn't done well, so I don't think to- it's a lot of options. Total comp. Uh, I don't know. Five million? Twenty-one million. Twenty-one million. Okay. <laughs> shows how much there's your problem. Shows obviously. how much I haven't I haven't owned Ford stock. I don't I don't know the answer to that question. Um, look, CEO pay, should it be that high? how much of that was options? Does it shit? Does it say? I just I just looked at total compensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it total. was options though, and it, and the stock hasn't been doing that well. Yeah, well, that's true. So and it hasn't done that well. Yeah, you know, that might be egregious, but nonetheless. It might be egregious. I don't know. I mean, what's it take to run Ford? I don't run Ford. I don't make $21 million a year either. I don't want but, to put a cap on CEO pay necessarily, but don't you do get the feeling that non-founder pay, management, just kind of running the ship and not even doing a particularly great job at it, a lot of CEOs get paid too much money. I totally agree with that. But that's not something you should mandate. And the reason why, and again, I don't buy $28 an hour as a total package. No way. I don't think okay. that's right when you get into all the various benefits, which matter. They absolutely matter. But neither here nor there, especially when you look at it in the context of what we've talked about with the time price theory and how much wages over the years have so far outpaced the cost in time it takes to buy what it is that you slash need or even more so want in today's day in today's day. Does that make sense? In this day and age. So that's my point on the, that that would be my thing about the, the UAW. And again, look, everybody's suffering under the weight of inflation right now, but putting into a longer term context, I think the, the, there's no doubt that the unions have to take a lot of the heat for why, jobs were shipped overseas. Agreed. I think for, for, for demands that were egregious, not just in hourly wages, but in benefits and pay, you know, column, you know, outlandish packages of pensions and what have you. Well, first of all, we may not get another headline because there could be so much to go off of from this. Do you have another one? Uh, I did. I do that. Yeah, I did that one. Right. Did this one. Um, I do, but go ahead and finish your, your point. Well, I was just going to say that if you haven't done much of a deep dive in the history of Detroit, it's actually a pretty interesting place. Okay. And I compare Detroit to 
New Orleans. Because in both those cities, the ability to pillage and steal from itself was something that cut across all political, racial, class boundaries. And that's how it was with the, with the, uh, the car industry. I remember hearing on it years ago when I would occasionally listen to NPR. I heard about an American automobile manufacturing experiment, joint experiment with uh, General Motors and Toyota called NUMI, N-U-M-M-I. And it was basically an experiment in efficient, well-run manufacturing done in the, in the early 80s as a response to the fact that U.S. manufacturing was so awful in the car industry. And, the, um, and you could get anything in an American car factory, drugs, sex, anything you wanted. And it, actually, I just thought of this story. My dad had a secretary. This was after he moved down to Texas. My dad had a secretary who got a new car, Cadillac, spent a lot of money on it, had a rattle that could not, they could not find the answer to, that, which is mysterious. She'd take it in. I mean, she must have took, take, took this thing in 12 times. Finally, I think they took either the bumper or one of the fenders off, found a beer can inside or a beer bottle inside with a note that said, bet it took you a long time to find this. <laughs> so that's the kind of shenanigans that go on in car yeah, factories. Yeah. And, and again, management put up with it. Man, there was plenty of white-collar people getting high off the hog then, then too. There was blame to go around. Uh, and I'm not giving man- – management has allowed this to happen in oh, many yeah, ways because they didn't push back hard enough. And I don't doubt that in many ways they're in bed with these unions that are, that are causing problems. And I do want to emphasize again, I think the bigger bugaboo are the public employees' unions. But I don't think that – the private company unions, private industries unions have helped, especially in that Rust Belt. And so we can't blame it all on on China. Well, last week, last episode, we talked about teachers unions not wanting to teach. Correct. So, all right. Next all right. headline. Next. Well, I just one slight footnote on that. There's another major strike going on out there, right? I think you mentioned it briefly. Hollywood. Oh, I, don't, I didn't mention it. I've been... That's one I've been happy to see happen. Yeah, I know. I agree. But I'm just saying there is another strike. Just wanted to note that that's that's the case, which I think ultimately comes down to, look, as I've said, everybody's hurting under the one. Everybody. I mean, there's, you know, the CEO of Ford's probably not hurting a whole lot of the weight of inflation at the moment. Um, The Bidens aren't probably hurting under the weight of inflation. But nonetheless, the inflation's. It's been a problem. And and people have short term memories, right? They don't remember that in 1965 it cost, you know, four days worth of, of wages in order to buy a television or whatever, you know, or, or a, 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 heck, a telephone. Um, so it's, it's relative to the nearer term and the nearer term things have been painful. Um, but I think it's just, you know, it's worth noting that, the, that these strikes are happening, not surprisingly in a period of, of rapid increasing in, increase in costs. Well, and I would say common between both strikes is also this. Look, a, lot, a large portion of, and again, I want honest, I believe honest days work, honest days pay. Maybe someday I'll try that myself. But I do think these auto workers, a lot of them are not skilled labor. And I think- I'm sure that's dragging down the cost. And, and in fact, are dragging down the, the wage average. Yes. By the way, another key point in this, I saw a statistic, I can't quote it, so I won't, I won't quote where it's from because I can't remember where it was from, but- uh, something like in the last year, uh, the auto industry has lost $58,000 per car on this whole electric vehicle thing. Um, you know, there's another example of where government getting involved in forcing companies to do something has made a mess of things. 
I mean, would these workers be a lot better off if, if, if they were just back to making the kind of cars that people actually want to buy and can afford to buy? Um, so, you know, just another, another data point on the whole issue of, uh, uh, you know, of, of cost of living and strikes that get associated with it. So um, not letting the unions off the hook in any way, shape or form, not trying to beat up on guys that are out working on an assembly line. But look, we got to get real with some of this stuff. And, um, you know, probably the first thing to do would be get this economy growing again. So inflation goes away, which right. is ultimately what will take this the inflation away as a good growing economy. In a world where we're saturated with content from an <laughs> entertainment standpoint and in a situation where the labor is not a lot of labor is unskilled. These striking parties have to have some knowledge of their own leverage. And so agreed. Um, and to the, on the electronic vehicle, electronic electric vehicle front, you know, Ford CEO Jim Farley tried to go on a cross country trip with a Ford Lightning. So did Jennifer Granholm, the Energy Secretary, and it didn't go very well. From Northville, Michigan, where I uh, am from. How did his go? Well, about the, uh, I would say about as well as her tenure as okay. Secretary. Okay. So he had to abandon. Uh, he had to abandon his trip, and he tried pulling type. anything in a truck that's electric. This is just insanity. We got to move to another headline. All right. This is. I'm going to take you completely off base here. Apple Incorporated facing a controversy in France over the iPhone 12's radiation levels. All right. Do we have to start worrying about radiation levels? What do you mean start? Has this not been on your radar? I really haven't. Is that an issue? This has been something my dad has been on me for a while. Really? So we shouldn't be using these phones? There's an excellent I mean, I know, case. I, I think the last time I heard about anything really bug, you know, bothering you was you know, the whole thing about if you're sitting under high tension electric wires or you know, electric transmission wires. I mean, I, 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 I don't think I'd ever heard anything about radiation levels in the iPhone being but, so high that you had to worry about it. This has been something that's lurking in the background, been lurking in the background for a while. See, I'm not sure I agree. I, I, I'm not sure that's a, a false argument because, you know, I, it goes back to this whole thing about radiation levels in general and like nuclear power plants. And uh, I remember when Fukushima happened, however many years back, and there was a, a lot of talk about the radiation levels. And um, there were some studies that came out. Now, again, I'm, I'm not going to be able to quote them. And I have no idea what level of decent research was done on this that suggested that they're really that, that you actually can handle a whole lot more radiation than people think. And that in some cases, Crazy as this may sound, it might actually be good for you. Well, we'll find out in another 15 or 20 years when people start dropping dead of brain cancer. This is something that I've... So the iPhone's about... It was 2007. Seven, yeah. So it's 13... Yeah, so 16 years, 15, 16 years now. You would think people would start dying. Maybe not. Well, the... It's a concern I've heard raised for a while, but... Not one that we've been able to fully bunk or debunk. Continuing on this this story, <laughs> tech, tech support for Apple staff told not to volunteer any information when consumers ask about the issue. <laughs> That's why we don't know. Well, Tim Cook and the second head growing out of his neck also said, There you go. Everything's fine. Okay, your turn. Uh, I've got one. Uh, let's see. From, first of all, you had me scour the New York Times, and I've got a virus on my computer. Thank you. Uh, and now I've got to find the one I was going to do. Um, okay, here's from Bloomberg, another virus site. 
Ultra rich by ultra luxury counseling to get kids into Harvard. I was actually just looking at that exact <laughs> like because I'm on Bloomberg and New York Times stole from Bloomberg. Oh, that's fun. That's I'm not sure where to go with that one other than we talked before about the uselessness of a college degree. Um, the uselessness of an Ivy League degree has gone beyond anything sane. Um, other than that, it's a, it's a ticket to the lifestyles of the rich and famous and which, which obviously has value, but I mean, as far as what it's bringing to the table in the way of actual critical thinking is pretty wanting in a lot of ways. I view this as financial Darwinism. Eventually these people will spend all their money on trying to get into college and go broke. Well, I think they already are. I think they already are. And, and with these billions and billions of dollars in endowments. Is that your, is that your Carl Sagan? In, yes, it was. Okay. It, it, it tends of billions of dollars of endowments. It's like Harvard has enough money to put everybody that they ask to come to their school through school for nothing. And I think in large part they are. Um, but you know, who's a big watchdog against someone who's in the public sphere who's really, really annoyed by these, is college elitism and these <clears throat> ridiculously large endowments. It's kind of a pet issue of his. It's uh, Malcolm Gladwell, the author, you know, Think and oh, uh, Tipping Point. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's been, he's, he had a proposal that after the age of, of the, maybe 25, you should no longer be allowed to tell everyone when you, where you went to college. <laughs> well, so, does it matter? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Ma- well, it matters this time of year because it's football season. <laughs> but football's Man. been college football's been completely diluted by this whole portal thing and everybody moving around like they're changing underwear. It's I'll ridiculous. tell you what though, that may be true, but it's still pretty awesome when Texas it's beats Alabama Texas. and Tuscaloosa. <laughs> it may have taken down Alabama. Well, next headline. Well, actually, I was going to say this about college. Oh, sorry. Okay. First of all, it's your turn, turn next. But I was going to say oh. my theory about college is just this: what you study is more important than where you study. So I, I totally agree with that. Pick a pick a good major. So. Totally, totally agree with that. All right, you're next. Final headline, because you Final. wanted this to be a short. I know, episode. and it's it's, it's never, so it's much never fun. Short. We just keep going on. Um, there's so many that are that are good. Okay, how about the Chicago mayor's big idea: government-run grocery stores? All right. I'll read a little bit of this article. Amid skyrocketing crime rates and dire economic conditions, Chicago's south and west sides have seen a mass exodus of private grocery store chains and other businesses. Could it be because you let people walk in and steal things and then walk out and don't do anything about it? That's not in this. I added that. This has left local residents in a tough situation. With many grappling with food insecurity and other issues, it is a sharp contrast to what these communities offered ages ago. And this, by the way, I will, you know, full disclosure, this is a right-wing red state website. Um, but nonetheless, it's a headline and there wasn't anything particularly political in that. Just simply that it's happening. Um, Chicago doesn't have a problem. Where do we go with this? Well, sh- wait, Chicago does not have a problem with food insecurity. They have a problem with insecurity. Period. Insecurity, period. Yes. Like massive murder. Well, I think I can predict the headline in 18 months. It's going to be theft skyrocket at government-run grocery stores. Here's, the, here's the, the commentary specifically about the Chicago mayor, Brandon Johnson, 
who will explore the possibility of a city-owned grocery store, an idea long supported by activists to provide relief for neighborhoods without good shopping options, but that could run into stiff economic headwinds. But that could run into stiff economic headwinds. Johnson announced a partnership with the Economic Security Project to explore the possibility of a city-owned grocery store. The first step will be able to perform a feasibility study, though the city did not provide a timeline. Food insecurity and lack of shopping options is a long-standing problem. Wow, um, where do you where do you begin? <laughs> How many things are wrong before you get to the point that the solution is a city-run grocery store? Do you think there might be some other problems there before we get to this that we could have addressed before we'd ever get to this? You would think. You would think. I don't know. This was my headline, so it's your turn to. No, speak it's, up. that's that. That was. We're at we're at time for today. Okay. So well, on that happy note, on that extremely happy note, I think we've got to we've got to call it a uh, call it a day. So remember, go to iTunes, rate us, our website taylorforgon.com, learn about our firm, our fund, and also Instagram taylorforgon.invest. Email us at longonly at taylorforgon.com. Until next week, I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. Thanks for joining us on Long Podcast.